You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hello, everyone. I'm Anthony Kasterman. I am joined by Scott Merkin. And uh, to give you a little background here, this is the second time I've had the pleasure of talking to Scott Merkin in the last couple of days. We've recorded this entire podcast only to uh, be blindsided by the news that the White Sox have signed Austin Jackson to a one-year, $5 million contract. So, Merck, uh, break down this signing for me. What does it mean for the White Sox? What does it mean for Adam Eaton? And what does it mean for Austin Jackson? This is kind of, we call this like the White Sox extra annex. Is that what we're looking at this as pretty much? I like uh, it, yeah. Extras, uh, extra extras, yeah. Extra, extra, even better. You know, I think we talked in the in the podcast the other day about how I thought they'd look for an outfielder who could play center field. And, you know, I think they, they've said that they're not worried about Adam Eaton's shoulder. They haven't given a date as to when he's going to play defensively. It, it, to back up real quickly, he had a nerve decompression surgery on his left shoulder in October. He's going through a throwing program. He has not played defense yet in Cactus League plays, only DH. So, you know, just – kind of for insulation there. And and the same with Adam LaRoche had a little bit of a back problem, although he seemed to be healing pretty quickly there. He left the game Saturday with some pretty serious spasms. But it, I think it just overall gives them greater insurance, greater versatility, and, and gives Robin Ventura a chance for kind of lefty-righty splits more and more. You know, you, you can move Eaton to a corner position where he may be better suited. You, know, you end up having basically two center fielders in the outfield, which can never hurt. And Rick Hahn did say on the conference call Sunday night that Austin Jackson most of his time would be in center, whereas most of his games have been played during his career. So I think just overall, it's just better versatility for the team where Robin can kind of mix and match in the outfield and at DH. Yeah, and, uh, you know, we, we talked about all winter. Probably the need to do something in the outfield, so nice to see them do that. And, and I guess the next question, Merck, is what does this mean for Avi Garcia? Uh Obviously, it's going to hamper his, his opportunity, his playing time, but do you think uh, there'll still be legit opportunity there for, for him to, to sneak away with some of that? You know, they've said since Soxfest that bats were going to be earned, and we kind of, you know, looked at each other at that point when they didn't have this group and thought, okay, well, that makes sense, but where are they going to add the extra bats and where are they going to challenge it? And, and I don't think this means Avi is, you know, moving into a part-time role. You know, I've been told by a couple people in the organization that, even in pursuit, and this is not to you know diminish the Jackson signing, but even in pursuit of guys like Alex Gordon and Johannes Cespedes, who were you know bigger names, and probably you know is certainly going to play every day, that it did not mean that Avi was done. They, they're still high on him. You know, he's 24 years old, and he's only played one full season in the majors. So I think it just means best of bats are going to get out there. You know, maybe that means Avi and Laroche platoon at DH. Maybe it means Melky Cabrera and Laroche platoon over there. You know, it, there's there's Myriad options, and I think it's probably too early to say for sure this is what's going to happen. I think as it goes, it's going to play out, and we're going to see who, who gets the playing time. All right, Mark. Thanks for breaking that down. And now for those of you listening, for your listening pleasure, we now return you to your regularly scheduled and previously recorded edition of this podcast. Here we go. Mark, what's been your early impressions of uh, White Sox camp? Obviously, a year ago at this time, this is one of the – uh, you know, this team was a major talking point, and there was a lot of excitement in the air. Is is it a similar feeling after their offseason moves this year? Is it a different vibe? What, what's the what's your general take on the on the clubhouse? Well, first of all, it's good to have you here face to face. I have to know: Are you staying? Are you be all the way here through the Springsteen concert, or is that not, you're not going to make it? That's a given. That's, That's a, given. a given. The, the bigger I, I, question I is: Will you 
Uh, and not to sound insensitive, but uh, the Eagles have lost a, a major member. Are you yeah. now going to, you know, come over to the dark side and I, go to a Springsteen show? I should see a show at some point. I know you he's should. a great performer. But uh, I'd like, when, when is he here again? Like the first week? March 10th. March 10th. I'll still be in town before I leave for my yeah. little off day. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll get over there. But anyways, <laughs> what was your question again? No, I'm kidding. Uh, you know, the vibe has been great in camp, and I think that's one of the things they were kind of looking for. You know, there was a big debate last year of, is clubhouse chemistry first, and like the chicken and the egg, and then you win, or is clubhouse chemistry always good when you win and bad when you lose? But I think they realized they needed a little bit of an edge, they needed a little bit of intensity to put in there that was missing. Hence, here comes Todd Frazier via trade. Here comes Brett Laurie, who's you know both tremendous via trade, mm-hmm. good additions in terms of um, you know catching Alex Avila and Deanna Navarro. Same with uh, personality infused by Latos, Matt Latos, and now even Jimmy Rounds during spring training. So you can notice there's just kind of even you talk to veterans who have been around for a, this team for a while, like John Banks, who's got the longest active tenure White Sox wise of any player on the roster, and they say you know there's a little bit different edge. And I think you know to be honest with you. They know what's going on in the north side. It's not a big thing, but I think just in general, forget the north side. Let's say they weren't winning in the playoffs or whatever. Let's say they were just plodding along. Mm-hmm. They're tired of you know not winning. They want to win. It's, it's just that simple. I guess it really doesn't matter what the Cubs are doing. They want to be a competitive team again, and that was the goal. You know, They wore in 2012 up until the last couple weeks where they, they lost the division lead. 13 began the rebuild. 14 was still part of that, and 15 was hugely disappointing. So they're, they're tired of being, you know, when is this team going to achieve its potential? They want to be in there this year, and that's the vibe you get from this team. Is this awkward at all for Robin Ventura? He's in the last year of his contract, and they're coming off a hugely disappointing season. Obviously, the Sox stuck with him, but uh, is there any lame duck feel there? I don't think anything's awkward with Robin just because of the way he carries himself and the way I, I would never want to play poker with Robin because you just <laughs> you just can't read him ever. You know, I mean, and, and that's not a bad thing. He's just a very even keel, low key guy. Who it, with us? You know, I'm sure. Well, wait, he, let me let me ask you this: Would, yes. you, would you play Casino War with with Robin Ventura? Because I, I understand would, you're very I good would, at that. I would because Casino War probably is the least skill needed game <laughs> in the history of gambling, aside from maybe slots. I mean, really, it's just whoever has the highest cards. So there's yeah. no mind games there; just whoever wins. Yeah. But anyways, that's another story for another time. But he, um, you know, you talk to the players and they love his his low key nature. But they've even said that they've seen you know the guys who've been with him for a while. Not a greater intensity, just kind of a different Robin. But he's not, you know, it's not. He's not worried. Yeah. I think if he, you know, were somehow let go after his contract expires this year, or I doubtful in in the season, he'd just go back to the life he had with his great family, and that's that. But he wants to win. Don't get me wrong; it's not like he's doing this to hold a place until someone else comes along. Robin Ventura wants to be a championship manager, and he's, you know, moved on that path. And now, if they have the talent that works that way, it could match. And I will say one other thing: you know, we were talking about the vibe. Just the offense in general, I like the approach. I was just working a story with about Brett Laurie and how Todd Stevens said this guy had, the hitting coach of the White Sox has untapped potential home run-wise. And he told me, well, that's great, but he wants to do what's best for the team. Yeah. And if he hits 15 or 18 home runs, 20 home runs, and you know, as long as he's getting guys over, getting guys in from third, that's a key thing. I was even talking to Jacob May the other day, one of their young prospects, and he, was, he had a chance to face Clayton Kershaw in his first big league camp at bat. It ended up not working out because Kershaw only mm-hmm. faced eight hitters. And I asked him what the bat was like, and he broke it down. But then he said, "You know what? There's a guy in second, nobody out. I'm probably bunting. I got to get the guy over." And that's the first game of spring training. So that's the attitude I was yeah. kind of talking about earlier, too. Well, you need that. Uh, the Royals certainly have a lot exactly. of exactly. That, that I think that's a team that's yeah. that's a team that's kind of set the tone for yeah. them. Not liking it, the White Sox, but they've seen it and right. said, "Hey, we got to we got to do some of that." Uh, 
probably the biggest bit of news in White Sox camp these first couple of weeks. Uh, Jimmy Rollins is the starting shortstop, uh, all, uh, uh, barring anything unforeseen here in camp. Uh, I don't think that's terribly surprising, Merck, just because uh, you know there, there's potential for an upgrade there, and, and, and Rollins is a guy. You don't think he would take this minor league deal if there wasn't some assurance that there's going to be uh, you know, something attached to it. But uh, what are your thoughts on that situation? Well, I think the biggest thing for him that they know is that he's going to be on the roster. I don't think they've exactly named him starting, but I think it's a pretty safe bet because they also, while they trust Tyler Saladino to be the everyday guy, especially defensively, they also know the value he has playing around the infield, third, second, short, first, that kind of thing. So I think it's a good bet that when the season starts, opening day lineup, Jimmy Rollins will be the shortstop. And he's also done a great job already. You know, you talk to Tim Anderson, who's the Sox number two prospect per MLB pipeline and could be the shortstop in July or August this year, for all we know. And, you know, you talk to Saladino, and Rollins has been a great influence. So I think you're right. He came here. He left. He said he left more guaranteed money on the table because he knew he had a shot to play mm. with the White Sox. Whether he's, you know, he'll be maybe he's probably going to be opening a shortstop, whether he's shortstop, starting shortstop in July, that remains to be seen but a good veteran addition to kind of balance the team and the lineup. Uh, speaking of veteran additions, I had the chance uh, to catch up with Matt Latos. Right. And, uh, you know, we talked about it, I think, on the last time uh, we did one of these. Merck, uh, here's a guy who's a bounce-back candidate on the field and maybe off the field. Maybe there's a guy who can repair his reputation a little bit because his reputation uh, is out there. You know, he's, he said some uh, some things about what went on in the Reds clubhouse uh, when, he, when he went over to Miami and, uh, you know, he's rubbed some people the wrong way along the way. There's no getting around that. And right. I think that reputation preceded him in free agency. So uh, what's your early, uh, you know, early outlook for, for Latos as far as how he's fitting in in that group? Seems to fit great so far. Seems to get along. We were interviewing Carson Fulmer the other day, who's like the just most mild, you know, he, he says yes, sir, and no, sir, during the interviews. We don't, we don't get that an awful lot, but uh, <laughs> not that we need to. But, and Latos was joking about him about, um, we're talking about veteran players who have helped Fulmer Red, and he said, is there any, Latos jumped in with a uh, cell phone and said, is there any veteran player who asked you to play golf and you never returned the call? And Fulmer kind of laughed. So he seems to fit in great right now. I think it's just making sure he's, you know, as close to 100% healthy as he can be with the knee mm-hmm. and ready to go in that what will probably be the fourth spot in the rotation with mm-hmm. Danks being the fifth guy. So, yeah, I think it's, it's another, like Rollins, it's, it's a low risk, high reward, or at the worst, not much of a reward, but mm-hmm. you can move on yeah. type of signing. Yeah. So I, I think it's going to help balance that rotation too. Yeah, and, and when you get guys hungry to prove themselves and to make more money for themselves, sometimes that works out sort of like us. well for everybody. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. There you go. All right, still a lot ahead here in the Cactus League season before the White Sox begin uh, their charge to, to try to uh, repair what went wrong in, in 2015. And, and to that might be their new slogan, yeah. repair what went wrong. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> and uh, Merck's going to repair what's gone wrong in his life, and he's going to shake down a, a ticket. Still working on that one. Show. Haven't found the answer yet in four and, four and a half decades. I'm telling you, you go see the boss for three and a half that hours. He'll, he'll take care of you. Yeah, right, it's like going we'll to the it. chiropractor or something. All right. Uh, that's Scott Merkin. I'm Anthony Cashman. Thanks for tuning in. This has been MLB.com Extras, Chicago White Sox edition. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go. Every night, on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details.